Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode on Muslims of the Melting Pot. Today we are with the one and only Marjan. She is a Muslim biotech student living in Hong Kong and is best known for her influential content on her page, Grow with Marjan, which is all about self-improvement, growth, and empowerment. Total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. Because it's the That's only it. religion that acts like the mafia. They're I'm not immigrants. They're, they're invaders. Let they're not finish. immigrants. This clash of civilizations. And if they're not going to learn to assimilate, I don't want them in this country. But hold up. That's not really who we are. Perhaps the American melting pot model is not an accurate depiction of the true Muslim American experience. And perhaps the goal is not to mix. But if it isn't, then what really is? To assimilate or not to assimilate? That's the question. I'm your host, Sarah Salimi, and you are watching Muslims of the Melting Pot. Thank you again so much, Marjan, for being another one of my guests. I'm actually very honored that you were able to make it considering our 12-hour time difference. So thank you so much. I'm so excited for this conversation. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. I'm not going to get as much into how are you in Hong Kong and why are you in Hong Kong? I think the more important question that really caught my attention when I was first introduced to your work and your page and everything you do is the fact that you decided as a Muslim girl to be covering and the specific form of hijab you chose, which is the chador. And I'm it's so cute that you're wearing it today as well. But one of the things that really inspired me about your choice of covering is that you did it proudly and you do it everywhere. So mm -hmm. my question is, how did you decide and keep this decision of the hijab, the specific form of hijab you chose in Hong Kong? Yeah, I think uh, that's a really good question. I feel like to answer this, we have to look a little bit back into my upbringing. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was born in the city of Mashhad in Iran and Mashhad is a like insanely spiritual and religious city, right? Just being born there and then like being brought up by a pretty religious family as well, I kind of already had these ideologies instilled in me. And then when mm. I moved to um, China, I was only six years old, right? So I wasn't wearing hijab or anything. But then when I once I hit nine years old, I started wearing it full time. So for my hijab story, like a lot of people ask me, like, what's your hijab story or whatever? It's nothing. It's just mm. that I hit nine years old and I started wearing it, right? Yep, because that's nine kind of, and we started. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of our customary like practice, yeah. right? Once you hit nine. So then I was like there's no specific story there but then for Chador specifically is that um when I was around like let's say 10 11 my mom started wearing the Chador as well so I was kind of like surrounded by it and always just like infatuated right. by it you know I'm just looking at it I'm like wow this is like beautiful and even now I feel like a lot of little girls when they look at the Chador there's like something about it like it just makes you feel so pretty and like it I is Right? Exactly. Just, and part of it, yeah. a part of it is also because it's different. And mm -hmm. I and I remember when I was, you know, doing my research to interview you, I, yeah. I went through a lot of the discussions and the comments that people mm -hmm. were having under your posts. And yeah. there was a lot of genuine curiosity about what form of covering this is. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons I, I felt so uh, proud of seeing yeah. someone do this, you know, in a country that many would assume, mm -hmm. you know, no one would be covering in this in this form. Yeah. So it's, it's really yeah. nice and refreshing to see that. And I think it also speaks to your character is at a time when I would say female empowerment, mostly in Western countries, but also in, in many others, the idea of female objectivity and the objectification of women is oftentimes mixed with female empowerment. So How true. would you say yeah. 
your form of covering or your decision to carry yourself and dress the way you do, what do you think that says about the way you view female empowerment? I would say maybe the first time that I started realizing that this is actually a protection for me is probably when I was around like in middle school, I would say that I started noticing that, you know, guys, the way like men think, like, and the way that they just objectify women, because, you know, when you're, when you become a teenager, that's when you learn about these things, right? How women become sexualized, sexualized, objectified, then I was like, oh, so this is actually good for me, like, when no one can see what's under there, like, I feel more protected, like, as a woman, and I feel like, also instantly it kind of put a barrier between me and a lot of the men that I would meet so even now today when I meet men like there is an instant implication that they wouldn't try to get too close and they would they wouldn't try to have any physical touch or even like shaking hands you know they'll be like oh like would you be okay with that you know so I feel like like slowly that started kind of like implementing into my life it's kind of like the you know, stereotypical way that Muslim women are depicted in a lot of media yes. and uh, movies is mm-hmm. the fact that she covers becomes a form of oppression. But mm-hmm. the way you're saying it, to me, it sounds more like liberation than oppression because it's mm-hmm. allowing you to fully express yourself in a society that instead of valuing your body would be mm-hmm. valuing your mind. She's, mm-hmm. you know, empowered enough to not allow others to look at her with an objective lens, but rather mm-hmm. as someone who is contributing in so many meaningful ways to, you know, any anywhere she steps yeah. foot in. So, you know how sometimes they would say, like, um, what is it called? Pretty privilege? Like, they'll be like, oh, like, mm-hmm. you're a girl, so you can get away with things and stuff like that. Exactly. that. But then, like, from my own experience, right, like, sometimes I know, like, your beauty doesn't get limited just because you're wearing hijab. But I feel like in a lot of the occasions, it kind of gave me a confidence on another level that I'm like, okay, I did this because I'm I'm just that good, you know? It's yeah, not because exactly. like I'm like buying my way into it with like beauty or anything. So I feel like on another level, exactly. it kind of gave me a confidence. Absolutely, 100%. And I think that's best represented, to be honest, in, in the kind of content you produce because mm-hmm. you're actually one of a few people that I have seen choose the covering that you have and also really do just about everything like you do mm-hmm. horseback riding you like run i saw you started this like the whole 50 day challenge and so yeah. many people joined you in doing that obviously like a lot of things in life it's not a linear process it's not just like exponential growth it's all often mm-hmm. like you make progress you go backward a few steps you go forward you go backward so one thing i Uh, learned from my own experience and my journey is just to embrace the days where you're feeling low and feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that I learned on my own healing journey is to instead of trying to like resolve and dissolve these feelings or dismiss them or cover them up, just learn to live with them, you know? So when you're upset, don't try to distract yourself. And you just have to accept that it's just life. It's just ups and downs. And you live with the down parts. And then eventually, like what they say, even the darkest of nights, have will will come to an end right then eventually with the natural flow of life you'll be happy again schedule in the rest days schedule in days to go out with your friends schedule days to take care of yourself so that's the way like keeping the balance is what ensures you to have this disciplined lifestyle in a long term like in a sustainable way how much would you say that your your faith and your principles as a muslim do have an influence on your daily life. So I have to be honest, when I first started this page, it was really just about my growth journey. I really, even my page is called Grow with Majan, right? I never yeah. intended to make Islamic content or religious content, you know? The reason that it happened so naturally, and then when I was reflecting back, I realized that, oh, like, 
why do I make so much Islamic content now, even though that wasn't my intention in the beginning, is because it's just such an integral part of my life. So for me to not make religious-related content, Islam-related content, would just be me going out of my way to avoid them. But then right. in reality, like that's just part of who I am. Like if I if I can't sh- if I'm I'm coming out here and sharing about my life, then I am sharing about Islam. So then that's why I was like. Initially, I feel like making religious content would put you on a pedestal, kind of. Like, people would really watch closely everything you do. So that's why I didn't want to get into that space. So being a Muslim is my key identity. And then everything else is built on top of that. Absolutely. That's actually a really good way of answering it. Because um, Mm. you're you're basically saying how it's inseparable from who you are. And if you're being your true, authentic self, then religion undeniably plays a really significant role in it, which is really nice because I think we're also living at a time when it's it's not super popular for people to adopt their religion as a lifestyle. It's Mm -hmm. kind of a lot of times seen as, oh, it's just that little piece in the corner of my life. Yeah. Have you struggled with with any aspect of trying to retain your identity in a country that might not necessarily represent all of your ideals? It it still is a struggle, but growing up, it was definitely a bigger struggle than it is right now, because especially when you're a teenager, you're building your identity, right? So I feel like because Hong Kong is such an open-minded space and you meet people from all cultures, all religions, so it was definitely challenging to, you know, know what is the limit for me, like when it comes to all these controversial topics. So it really took a while for me to realize like, okay, this is my limit. This is what I believe in. And it's okay if I believe in it, even if society believes in something else. But I think the the realization and the acceptance of my values as a Muslim came when I truly realized like, it's okay if your opinion is different from the rest of the world, because Muslims are not the only people who have like opinions that sometimes might not be on the same page as the global agenda right now. You know, we exactly. have right. And actually, we have Jewish friends. Be, uh, we have Christian yeah. friends. Everyone could have their own opinions, and that's all right. Like seeing other people do it made me feel like okay, then I can do it too. So that's when 100%. I started to accept accept yeah. that yeah, I could be who I am. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because this is actually mm-hmm. a really key point that a lot of times people assume that it's mm-hmm. just the Muslims that are trying to go against the tide in society. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys believe all these things that are against like all these different social trends of the time. But if you even look at liberals and conservatives or different parties mm-hmm. within any society, they don't get along on a very yeah. large spectrum of things, yeah. you know, from abortion, transgender rights, just LGBT, mm-hmm. every, any range of social issues you try to target in these countries. There are people There's who always are totally, a spectrum, spectrum. Absolutely. And it's always like, oh, it's the Muslims that are trying to implement mm-hmm. Sharia law here. Like you guys are the problem. Like, you guys yeah. can't seem to agree on things in mm-hmm. your own society. It's not even religious a lot of the time. People is sometimes like, especially in the U.S., like I feel like it's just their personal beliefs. Like it, it yeah. doesn't even have to be impacted by religion, you know. So exactly. if someone on the far left can believe in what they believe, then someone who identifies maybe more towards the right can also have the same beliefs and it can be enabled to have the same way to express themselves in their clothing, in their lifestyle. So yeah, Absolutely. it's all rooted in freedom, right? Hundred percent. It's it's free speech, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of our different friends on different parts of the spectrum like to, mm-hmm. you know, promote free Express. speech for things that exactly yeah. free speech and expression for everything I believe in. But when it comes to, you know, ideologies and values others believe in, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Right. So that's yeah. also a whole conversation on its own. Um, but one mm-hmm. one question I have related to a lot of the comments that I've seen on your posts, and I think it's 
I think is really valuable to talk about because at a time when a lot of online influencers are, um, let's be honest, looking to please others for mm -hmm. their fan base or follower base or whatever, mm -hmm. even hiding aspects of their identity to fit in better, to increase mm -hmm. their popularity. I find that you are, I would say, one of those few people I've seen online that has um, been both praised and hated on for unapologetically basically wearing your hijab, your form of hijab, um, embracing your Shia Muslim identity and, mm -hmm. you know, showcasing how empowered Muslim women can be through their faith. Mm -hmm. So I want to know what went on through your mind when you, you know, decided to be your authentic self despite knowing that you might face backlash or negativity for it. Mm -hmm. When I first started the page, right, I feel like it has to do with my target audience. So I wasn't mm -hmm. really thinking about like what type of people I was attracting. So I was just thinking I'm going to probably meet a lot of people who are Muslim and also looking to, you know, empower themselves, do better. So then when the videos go viral, right, that's when you like draw in a lot of people that are different from you. So up, up <laughs> until that point, I had no like I had no hate yeah. or like hate, you know, quote unquote. Everyone was like same minded, you know, great feedback. Love what you're doing. Thank you so much. Inspiring everything. Yeah. And then when and it went viral. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. And there's like random people in your comments like, um, excuse me, sister, <laughs> that's like not Islamic. Yeah, or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Your re your your uh, religious sect is not even a part of our religion. Go back to Islam. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was like, okay, like I was kind of shocked. So I feel like yeah. maybe because from the beginning, my intention wasn't even to please anyone, was just to attract the same-minded people. So for me, it never like bothered me that other people mm -hmm. had different opinions and especially mm -hmm. because I grew up like in a country that is predominantly other religions than Muslim right nobody dresses like right. me so I, I'm already like a long time ago I already gave up on the idea of like blending in and yeah. now like my identity is actually built on being different built on being special and like being outstanding wherever I am like not outstanding like that but like outstanding outshining everyone wherever you not, are not in that way really but like just in the, in the way that I look you know just standing out yeah, yeah not outstanding standing out yeah so my whole I mean, personality it is, it is outstanding I would say because yeah. I think um you're you're absolutely right in that it makes so much more sense when you say your identity started being built around being different yeah and I think yeah. difference is usually seen as you know mm -hmm. risky and you know be careful you don't offend the masses be careful you don't yeah. get cancer it's such a breath of fresh air to see mm -hmm. someone really embrace the difference. And yeah. I think because it's so viable because what you're offering on your page is difference in such a positive way. It's mm -hmm. not like, oh, I'm just going to like do a level of difference just so I can set myself apart and gain that popularity. Yes, I think one yes. thing that really shines with you is it's a difference that is contributing so meaningfully to, mm -hmm. I find, a gap that exists on social media because True. of how I feel like like-driven and follow-driven a lot of mm -hmm. online influencers mm -hmm. have gotten. Mm -hmm. What has been the best and worst comments or feedback you've gotten? Like yeah. the best and worst meaning like the best thing that like made you very appreciative of what you're doing and motivated you and the worst yeah. something that really like weighed down on you heavy. Mm -hmm. um, so the best one is easy, like no brainer. I love it when people tell me that they started wearing hijab because of my content. So there's That's a lot so of beautiful. girls that are like, yeah. right? They're like, they're like, oh, I was really hesitant, whatever. But then I saw that you are wearing hijab in China. So then I thought like, why mm. can't I do it? You know, that yeah. really like, I, I always say it like I, I'm not the one who inspired you. It's just God yeah. wanted you to get inspired. And I was yeah. just like a stepping stone 
for you to get inspired like I was just like a messenger in the middle like obviously exactly you're blessed because God blessed you to wear the hijab you know mm -hmm. so I'm, I always say that but it's just still so nice to know that you're part of someone else's journey or even if they just say something else like oh um, you encouraged me to go for the job I wanted to give me the confidence yeah. to apply for that position I wanted stuff like that just really makes that's me so happy. nice that must be a really nice yeah. feeling for you it's yeah. so fulfilling it's just so fulfilling like it, yeah. I don't know how to explain it but like it just makes my heart full you know like it's just like that's oh. so nice oh <laughs> yeah I love that for you I know yeah. it's so sweet and then yeah. um but then on the flip side right the sad part is when I see comments and also like can I just say these comments are from men like I feel like most of the time I, I rarely ever get hate comments men from women. <laughs> exactly yeah everywhere so then it, I think one specifically that really bothered me you know I, I try not to read my like negative comments but sometimes mm -hmm. I'll be scrolling and I'll still see some right and I remember the there was one specifically like okay the shia stuff doesn't bother me the like being iranian stuff doesn't bother me but this one really like cut deep it was something along right. the lines of like um you don't like islam exactly gave you this outfit and like this clothing so that you would have like integrity and modesty and, and but then like you're going out and running with men and like free mixing and like basically something Come along on. the lines of like you have no haya like haya means like modesty so then that really hit like wow. i was like oh okay like this one's got a little spice you know i was like okay no thanks yeah that one hurt maybe a little i i got a couple of like similar in the same lines right and the the clip that they were talking about the men clip was literally the clip of me going for my 10k uh race right when i did a 10k race in hong kong marathon right. so then it was me and then in the starting line everyone is mixed right everyone is crammed together so around me there were men and then they're yeah. like oh you're running with men you're free mixing and yeah that one really cut deep yeah honestly like, you should have just been yeah. like i'm sorry i didn't clear the entire marathon of men yeah, before yeah, I decided. I'm sorry how could how could I like how could I be so ignorant you know mm -hmm. and I feel like yeah. um but then that was again that was another lesson that I learned very very quickly like I would say like yeah. a month into my social media journey is that you can never please everyone just be yeah. who you are do what you want to do you can never please everyone on the internet and most people Absolutely. are such hypocrites anyway just focus on your journey with God and if to me this is modest then I'm going to continue to do it you know Exactly. And I think mm -hmm. that's really the heart of all of this because negativity really weighs down heavy on a lot of people and especially mm -hmm. at a time when acceptance and social acceptance has become so important to people. Like mm -hmm. we have this issue in America too, um, I think everywhere, mm -hmm. but here especially since like the whole free speech thing is such a, you know, big hot topic, especially mm -hmm. on university campuses with students. Mm -hmm. Specifically, when Gen Z entered university environments, one of the biggest things in terms of stats that started showing itself is that people were increasingly avoiding expressing their true opinions for fear that they may get called out or canceled. Wow. And this toxicity has spread so far, like social media, TikTok, Instagram, mm -hmm. and you can see it because people will mm -hmm. be like, oh, you know, it's as if they want to satisfy all sides. And that's a reality that can never happen. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. people... Um, by default are basically drawn to authenticity. It's those people who actually stick true to convictions that they have and yeah. might end up offending a large number of people in the process, but they refuse yeah. to, you know, let down their beliefs and what, you know, and they they're okay with it. You don't um, have to be everyone's friend. Honestly, you don't, you know, the average person, if you have two or three really close friends that are super, you know, in line with loyal, you, 
loyal exactly you yeah. truly feel yourself and you can be your authentic self with them that's so much more valuable mm -hmm. than seeking you know the empty acceptance of those who in the yeah. long run probably will never even be part of yeah, your life yeah i think in in friendships like quality is definitely over quantity right and Absolutely. even like i feel like in islam we have I mean, if you really try to live by Islam, then you have to accept the fact that you have to be yourself and you have to be vocal about those things. Because there's Absolutely. a lot of teachings that is like, if if, you, if someone is like saying something like that goes against your beliefs, sometimes you really have to stand up against that. So yeah, exactly. I feel like that just naturally comes with being a practicing Muslim, you know? Mm -hmm. 100%. And one other question that's kind of going to wrap up our conversation, but it's on the topic mm -hmm. of role models. Mm -hmm. When you were mentioning uh, the negative comment you got on some of your posts about how, you know, women shouldn't be out there and, you know, just hide in your houses. It's like, if you look at the, the Muslim women who are considered role models in our religion, that's not the life they led. They had such a delicate yeah. balance of being with their families, but also having something to say about the social ills and just being present in society overall. So my yeah. question to you is, at a time when um, it's really difficult to find good role models, especially for young Muslim women, um, mm -hmm. what motivated you to, to choose the role models you have chosen and mm -hmm. who are they? I feel like my role models growing up generally was my mom and my grandma because they're just, the best. you know, yeah. yeah, they have a career. They do what they do. Like, you know, my, my grandma literally when she gave birth, she was still like going to school. Like she finished her degree, even though she was like pregnant, you know, she had like three yeah. kids at home and she was still studying and she got her bachelor's degree like back in the old days. So that was just inspiring to me always. But then I think now in today's world, how I inspire myself, step one is with your social media following. So you have to go through with who are you following? And like, you might think, oh, it's just a follow. But realistically, the type of content you're consuming is really, really affecting you. So I do right. this once in a while too, like, um, some of the celebrities that a lot of us follow, you have to look, you have to really think about this. Do I support this person? Does this person stand for what I believe in? So 100%. if I feel like no, a lot, especially a lot of celebrities, they, they are following a global agenda that is very clearly planted. And I'm like, no, no, I Absolutely. cannot be a part of this. Then I will unfollow. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I follow a lot of Muslim influencers, a lot of Muslim hijabi fitness people, a lot of like trainers that are Muslim, hijabi like boxers, hijabi uh, fitness trainers, runners. And I feel like that's how you kind of stay on top. Hijabi businesswoman, you know. So I feel like yeah. that's the number one like role model you exactly. can find. Social clear out your social media following. The kinds of people you look up to have a subconscious and sometimes very conscious effect yeah. on who you end up becoming as a person and what of kinds course. of things you you know start identifying with and associating with in your mind and slowly you know in your life that's yeah kind of one of the reasons i feel that our religion places such a huge emphasis on those you surround yourself with mm -hmm. your friends especially because they really do become your lifestyle over mm -hmm. over a period of time last question and mm -hmm. this is kind of a more personal one but sure. if you were to go back i would say 10 years uh, yeah. I don't know what you were doing 10 years ago, but I'm assuming you were very young and in school. Yeah. Um, but what's the best advice you would give to yourself considering how, how far you've come? 10 years ago, I would be 12 years old. So it's like I freshly moved to Hong Kong from mainland China, right? right. So let me think. I would say um, 10 years ago, me, two things that 
because I was thinking about this, right? Two things that I would definitely tell myself. Firstly is finish what you start because I <laughs> had so many hobbies as a kid and yeah. I just like would give up on them and my parents would not push me to like finish them. So if right. you're young and you have hobbies, when you hit that stone that you're like, you can't go any further, like you're like stuck on a plateau, push through. Don't give up because yeah. you're failing or you're bad at something. Push through because mm-hmm. when you start like doing something for over like 10 years, that's when it becomes like an actual skill. So yeah, right. first thing, finish what you start. Second thing, whatever you're doing, give it 100% effort. So it could be school. It could be a competition. It could be just like, I don't know, like a sport. Whatever you do, just right. just make sure you give 100% because at the end of the day, even if you fail at it, you can say, I tried my hardest and I failed. So that's why it's fine because there was nothing else I could have done. So I absolutely did everything I could. That's that's how you uh, prevent getting regrets. That's that's mm-hmm. a beautiful way to, to wrap it up. And I know I said last question, but I have one more. Yeah is yeah. um, where do you foresee yourself going with your page? You, I know you recently actually got accepted to your dream grad program. So yes. congratulations. Thank you. All the best with that. But in terms Thanks. of the work that you do with your social media and your content, um, mm-hmm. how do you see it growing or where do you see yourself in, I would say, five years? With my social media page, uh, I think... I would probably still continue making content because to me, this page is really just my hobby. But I think um, I might make some modifications because I do think about like the afterlife. I don't want to be like held responsible, like because of some misinformation that I made or like some music that I endorsed or something. Mm -hmm. So I think I would try to make it as halal as possible. (laughs) And that's maybe a change that I make. But I think I would still try to just reach more people and connect with more people. I have to credit that to my followers because I didn't think about it that deeply but they they kind of gave me that perspective but i know the the haram police will always have something to say so don't let that <laughs> bog of down course, too much on of you. course yeah yeah but uh once again thank you so much marjan i really enjoyed this conversation i'm so glad thank that you, you were able to make it um and all the best with your page and with your studies thank you you too so much nice thank so nice you. talking to you